It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them all? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. This is your Estate Planning Essentials podcast and radio program, and my name is Don Crawford, Jr., the grateful owner of KWM Radio and co-host of this excellent program, assertively committed to protecting your family, your assets, and you. And I'm once again, every program, sitting with my co-host, my friend, and my attorney, who should be your attorney. I almost guarantee you won't regret it. And our Dallas estate planning expert and attorney, his name is Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. Welcome to another program. I appreciate your time and the education that we're going to receive in the next 30 minutes. It's always so invaluable and insightful, and I look forward to this next topic because it's going to tell me a lot. I don't know the story yet. I just know that there was a will in play, and there was contesting going on, and there was it was based on something. I'm not even going to tip my hand and tell everybody what it's about, but it sounds very interesting. Yeah, this is, uh, first of all, I've never seen a situation like this. This is based on an actual case in Texas last year. Not your case, though. No, no. Okay. Now, this is a will contest case that would make Jerry Springer smile. Smile, okay. Okay, wow. yeah, may he rest in peace. Okay. Yeah, but it, he's smiling from his grave, I guess. Okay. Because this one is a very unusual case. In this case, Anne, we'll call her Anna, was the niece of Anne's surviving spouse of her uncle. Okay. Now, you can make jokes. Uh, you know, you could I say about your favorite... You know, the old joke is, about what do you call the, uh, what do you call mom in the state that you don't want uh, or right. don't look down upon or condescend upon? Right. Uh, we call her um, spouse or, right. uh, you know, something like that. Uh, or a sibling. Uh, if you're married in this state, what do you call that person? Um, well, you call spouse or sister either right. way, you know, something like that. Okay. Well, it's, so in some states, it's legal to marry in this case, a niece. In Texas, it is not. Okay. okay. All right. So Anna uh, was the niece of the deceased. Okay. Um, she at- she attempted to probate her spouse's, who was her uncle, mm-hmm. Will. So I can't look at you. I got to look to the side so I can register all of this. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So she, she he was both her. Uh, the deceased was both her uncle and her spouse. Okay. By blood. By blood. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Joke about your favorite state. I know, but okay. whatever. Did we say what state this is? Well, I'm not going to say what state it is. Okay. I do not want to offend anybody from that state. Okay. Uh, but uh, one of the three daughters of the deceased, Julie, contested the will. She said, well, even though you got married in a different state, you lived here. 
And under Texas law, you cannot marry a parent, a grandparent, a sibling, a nephew, a child, uncle, and or even first cousin. So that's the law in Texas. You cannot marry anybody. It would be the marriage would be considered void, void as a matter of law. So after Julie's mom died, that's the kid. Julie is the kid. Her dad secretly married Anna. He didn't. They didn't tell anybody. And they went to a state where it's legal. So they were married. Yeah, it just it just makes you think about oh so many goodness. funny stories. It's, it's crazy. Uh, anyway, so they had their domicile in Texas, and they were married for four years before he died. Shortly before his death, a few years after marriage, he left everything except for some small specific bequest. Oh, I want my rings to go to so and so, my you know, everything else went to Anna, the surviving quote unquote spouse and niece. And niece. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he revised the will. Everything goes to my spouse. And it, by the way, it also said uh if my spouse dies, it goes to one of the other kids. And it wasn't, by the way, Julie, it was her sister. And if not, it goes to my heirs at law, whoever your closest relatives are. Okay. Incidentally, I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead, but he married his niece. Was the niece's parents still alive? No. Um, So the deceased had a sister. Okay. And this was the sister's child. And the sister had already passed away. I think the sister had already passed away. Okay, because she might have had something she, to say about that, Yeah, too. she might be rolling over in her grave. Uh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, so there was no question that this was, there was never a question, uh, never brought up by Anna uh, debating the fact that it was her uncle that she married. Okay, I just wonder if... They're going to declare her the niece or the spouse. Which yeah, one well, it are depends. you? It depends on which state you're in. Right. Okay. I mean, we usually recognize uh, a lot of people get married in Vegas. Right. Maybe by the flying Elvi. <laughs> but they may be married. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, uh, but here on that, uh, there was, first of all, this case went up to appeal. Uh, Anna had said, you know, um uh first of all she said this if you're going to contest something uh to there's there's rules about what could be considered voidable like when you get annulled a marriage annulled it has to be done within 3 years well there've been no nothing to be done within 3 years they've been married by f- for 4 years so it's beyond that so you, uh and then there was also a question um so there, so she was saying, do you have a right to contest? Uh, is where we were married legally, so we think that the you can't you have to uh, prove that the marriage was voidable, and for it to be, and you don't have any standing, or you're not the named beneficiary. It's been more than three years. Uh, and nobody said that uh, that the, the, it should be annulled. Mm-hmm. So you're out of luck, right? Well, 
the lower court disagreed with Anna. Hmm. They said, no, 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 no. Where your domicile, where you were living, should first of all be the rule. And so even though they got married in whatever state that it was legal, we say it's not legal in Texas. So therefore, the marriage was void. Interesting. There's a difference between void and voidable, uh, according to the court, at least on the appeals level. Hmm. And they said, so it wasn't good to begin with. Interesting. So it, it now usually, um, uh, and then the, Julie had said, oh, well, not only was the marriage void, but dad lacked sufficient capacity when he signed the will. Of course, as you know, you have to have enough ability to understand the bounty of your affection uh, if if you are signing a will, you know, roughly what your assets are. We've had cases where, you know, a lot of times when there's a dis- questionable situation, uh, we often get a specialist in the mind to sign a capacity affidavit before we will even um, have a will sign. And Good. This, we do that all the time. Smart. Uh, reason is, I mean, a lot of times attorneys feel like that they could be the ones making the decision. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, you know, I feel like uh, you ought to have a specialist in the mind. So generally that's what we do. I've had every month I have cases I say I'm not going to take because I, after, if, if the doctor says there's not capacity, then I'm going to say there's not capacity. Right. Uh, right now, um, uh, we just had one. Uh, I asked who the president of the United States was, and it was a multimillion-dollar state. They got married to a caregiver, uh, 30 years younger. And uh, when I asked, you know, I spoke to the octogenarian in private, uh, I said, well, I asked, first of all, I asked who's the president of the United States. He said, well, um, Something with something whose last name begins with the letter H. Now, I don't know if he was thinking about Hubert Horatio hum- mm-hmm. Humphrey right. uh, or Jimmy Carter was said Hubert Horatio Hornblower. Right. But the uh, if your memory is that long. Right. Uh, but the the bottom line he's he didn't know. Right. And I asked him other questions about assets and things like that, and I didn't Good. feel comfortable. Good. I may have told you the story a long time ago when uh, Donald Trump was running against mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the day of the election, and I asked this elderly lady, can you tell me who is running for president today? She stopped, thought for a second, rubbing her chin, and she said, a jerk and a crook. (laughs) I said, well, I think she has capacity. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, the bottom line is a lot of times you'll ask the questions, but if I don't feel comfortable – uh, really, we ask um, a professional in the mind mm-hmm. to. So it's not just a doctor. Uh, we prefer a specialist. Smart. Um, That's the only way to do it. Uh, so you can get an objective decision, not just opinion decision, and then you proceed accordingly. And that doesn't surprise me at all about you. I wanted to ask you if I'm uh, ethics and values and morals behind them getting married is a different issue. Of course, we could spend hours on that. But so he married this woman. He married her in a different state, yeah. and he moved to Texas after. How much time has to elapse before 
it's illegitimate or legitimate. And I mean, can he get married and move the next day? And then Texas has no right to stop him. Well, I don't know that he was ever not a Texas resident. He oh. just went to another state to get married gotcha. and came back. Okay. So they went. So like people go to Vegas, sure, uh, and meant. get okay. married and then come back to Texas. Similarly, okay. they may have went to wherever. I'm not sure. Alrighty. And so, um, so that's. So anyway, Texas, and, and, and the answer to your question too, though uh, you ha- could have an annulment has to be within a few years. Okay. Remember a few years ago we had a case that was really bizarre. And I remember uh, I had a family law attorney who came into my office for advice, and we were talking about planning. And I told him about this extremely unusual case, which he I had to give him the case to for him to look up because he had never heard of such a thing. And it's probably the only recorded case mm-hmm. in which there was a caregiver who. Uh, got married to somebody right before they died, and he lacked capacity. Mm-hmm. So the family uh, contested the case, right. saying he lacked capacity. You, 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 you could, if you're a beneficiary, well, in this case, everything, of course, went to the caregiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even after he died, the family was successful of overturning it, saying he lacked sufficient capacity. Hmm. Uh, to to give everything to the uh, caregiver. Interesting. It's always kind of a lot of times that's suspicious to begin with. Sure. Um, and quite frankly, this is not as unusual as it may yeah. you might think. Yeah. They uh, see money. They see dollar signs, and they do what they have to so they can be the main beneficiary. And 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 of course, um, people get lonely. Yeah. Right. I, I had somebody, I may have told you uh, last year, about somebody who his wife had died. There was a woman uh, that he was going to. He said, I want to marry her. And I said, oh, okay, well, congratulations. Why? He said, I'm lonely. And you said, um, but she wants me to buy a house in San Antonio. I said, okay. Uh, is it going to be in your name? Uh, he said, well, I don't know, we're going to talk about it. And he asked her the question, and she said, no, it's got to be in my name because I'm the one going to take care of you when, as you're older. Hmm. I said, well, if she's wanting the house in your, her name before you're married, is not even in both your names? Is that somebody you trust? So um, anyway— um, It's risky. Decided, he decided uh, eventually, well, maybe— Maybe that's not the right choice. That's probably a good decision. Yeah. And, and God knows your heart. If that's the way you're going to conduct yourself and live your life. Um, so um, what do you say? Air beware in this program quite often. But also a person who's a caregiver, they have to have to be very careful because somebody's watching. And eventually you're going to have to pay the price and be judged. But anyway, uh, that's for another program. Uh, more about uh, contesting that will, Michael. Okay, so since they said that the marriage was voidable, well, you know, usually on the on the uh, when you have it voidable, uh, it's because of a capacity issue. Mm-hmm. So, but the court decided that, well, there again, there's a difference between voidable and void. Right. So we're saying, well, it's not you have to meet the burden. Uh, first of all, the Julie had to meet the burden, saying that there was no question about blood, that this was a person that was the niece, mm-hmm. the, the beneficiary. Right. No question about no that. Question. No question about it. Uh, so 
that wasn't an issue. The Anna, the spouse slash niece, said, okay, it's voidable uh, because you said lack of mental capacity and uh, really, uh, or fraud at the time of the marriage. There was really none of that. So the the she said that the court should say that that there were, it, she didn't meet her uh, the qualifications uh, to say that the will wasn't good. But again, the evidence was clear and convincing that she was the niece, and since it was void as a matter of law, because we said that the domicile was Texas. Mm-hmm. Even though if it was she was they were married in a state where it's legal, mm-hmm. then they declared the marriage was void. And so, then, so what you're saying is you could say in a court of law uh, to the uncle who who passed away, did you ever have a driver's license um, anywhere else other than Texas, and and when? And if he didn't, yeah. then that, I think that well, would well, condemn him. If, if they had been, let's say we went to a state that. Um, the it was mar- you know legal to marry somebody mm-hmm. uh, and that was a niece or a sibling or right. or whatever mm-hmm. well then it would have been valid right here they just said no we think that you were domiciled here right and we're going to go by the laws of our state now that goes to show you it may be different the cases might be different from state to state and they went on the um, the reading of the law. They had to interpret uh, as to what they thought the difference between what the legislative intent was. So just like on federal laws, a lot where you have to determine congressional intent, mm-hmm. similarly in the state, you go by what you think the intent is. So there may not have been an exact law. They had to say, well, we think there's a difference, but the way they worded the law mm-hmm. between void and voidable, which is really interesting because it may have never – I've never seen a case like that. Mm-mm. I've uh, never heard of a case like that, Mm-mm. but in this case, it is the case. And mm-hmm. you know, and and so then there was also the issue. They said, "Well, the uh, Anna said, well, gee, you don't stand to benefit anyway, mm-hmm. even if if I am not the um, beneficiary. Your sister's the beneficiary, so you have no reason to complain." Right. But the court, so you have no what's called standing. You know, you should be a to um, an avoidable case. You have to have standing to say that you have a fight in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and but in this case, um, even though Julie was not a named beneficiary, she was a remote beneficiary because it says if um, let's say Anna had died before. Dad, or her spouse, or her, you know, whatever, uh, depending on your point of view, then it would go to Julie's sister. But if Julie's sister died, it went to the heirs as a matter of law. Well, who's the heir? Well, then she would be one of the heirs. Got it. So they said even a remote beneficiary has can claim uh, as standing. Uh, so, uh, so you know, typically you always have in every will and trust an ultimate beneficiary clause. Typically, it's the heirs as a matter of law of the state at the time of passing. Uh, so in this case, 
it shows you the importance of having that ultimate beneficiary provision because as a result, Julie was able to have standing as a remote beneficiary to complain that she should be has a right to make a, a to bring forth the action of this will contest because she was a remote beneficiary. Wow, that's fascinating. Um, as I told you before, the program I was reading in Proverbs about ironing, sharpening iron, how um, you benefit by le- learning about other cases, how you determine how different the word void and voidable can be in a case like this. And I find that fascinating. And whether it's iron sharpening iron or self-sharpening, you're always learning, you're always growing, and you're always watching for words. I remember when Bill Clinton said at one time, it depends on what is is something to that effect yeah like, what really i have not had sex with that woman right yeah. so very very no. strange it depends what? on the definition of sex uh, is he attorney bill clinton yes okay so that's that's the attorney in him and um i wouldn't want to be him today that's for sure uh, with what's going on but we won't talk about that at all but it, it's interesting how every little word every little punctuation mark can make a difference and michael is so laser focused as i was telling him about an hour ago when it came to my plan and when it would come to your plan to make certain that they are ironclad and they can't be, quote, contested. And if, of course, they all can be contested like they can all be sued, but your chances of prevailing are much slimmer, in my opinion, if you let Michael oversee your state. The way to do that is to at least go and see him for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Don't listen and listen to Mike's word on this program. The way to do that is to attend Michael's next workshop, which is Saturday, February the 24th at 10 o'clock. These are very insightful, progressive workshops, and they will give you an invaluable amount of information regarding other people's estate plans and circumstances, as well as yours, because you get to ask Michael a question that relates to your situation, uh, and Michael will answer that for you as best he possibly can. Can you elaborate on that, Michael? Yeah, we ask people what you want to know, and we write the questions on a board, and I answered over those two hours. We will have a presentation. A lot of times I'll weave in the questions that are being asked into the presentations if it's a common question, and I answer those questions over those two hours. We make three promises. Number one, um, you'll see that the time flies by of this two-hour free estate planning essentials workshop. Number two, you're going to learn something. And number three, you're going to have some fun along the way. Uh, we'll kind of tell stories and probably joke around. And I, I never know never know the questions going to be asked because each workshop is different. I will honestly say I have never, ever, ever had a question is, can I marry my sister? <laughs> I might tell them to move to a different state. <laughs> but I've never had that question. Or my niece or, or anybody. Niece or, right, yeah, right, or uh, mom or whatever. Right. Uh, but in any event, uh, I never know what the questions are going to be asked. Sometimes it's the most unusual questions mm. you could ever even imagine. I bet. Uh, but – uh, we try to answer the questions throughout mm-hmm. the workshop, and I think you'll see that you're going to have a good time mm-hmm. and learn something at the same time. It's mm-hmm. free, and for those people who attend this free Estate Planning Essentials Workshop, we also give a one-hour what we call vision meeting, which means we have a vision to see what it is that you want to have occur and if you're reaching that goal. If we think that you're reaching that goal, then we'll tell you, okay, that's fine. You show me whatever it is, and we kind of go through uh, to see. Uh, we also might see if there's something 
that you may not have thought about mm-hmm. and kind of go over those things. Uh, you know, on last week's show, we talked about pet trust. Is there something about a pet that you might not have thought about? Right. Is and that's, that's the beauty of you. You're always laying out for people in this program. And when you meet with potential and existing clients, what if? Yeah. I mean, a lot of times you know, people think about the no. way things are right now. Yeah. Well, what happens if your beneficiary is disabled at your death? What happens if you have a you have a child and the child has a child of their own? You have a grandchild and your child predeceases you. You know, people are living longer. I always tell stories about my wife's grandmother, uh, who lived to be 107 and a half, and two of her three children and a grandchild predeceased her. Amazing. So the longer you live, uh, the more likely you'll see bad things occur. Mm-hmm. And so, have you thought about that underage potential beneficiary? Mm-hmm. Are you concerned about creditors? Are you concerned about child or beneficiaries' creditors? Mm-hmm. Are you concerned about spendthrifts? Are you concerned about people who have addictions? There's lots of bad things that could happen in mm-hmm. life. And so if it's an issue, fine. There's ways to address it. Mm-hmm. If, there, if, it's, if it's not something that bothers you, okay. At least what you find out is what your options are mm-hmm. and maybe think about some things you hadn't thought about. Okay. As long as you, to me, it's kind of like I always say, I'm Baskin Robbins. I just tell you the flavors. You choose what you like. But it's your dice to roll. Um, If you want to take the risk, fine. But at least Michael did his job and told you what is possible and what you can do to prevent disasters. That's right. And so it's all, to me, legal documents are like insurance. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you have a financial power of attorney, then... That's a disability planning document. Mm-hmm. If I'm disabled, I want this person to take care of me. Maybe even have something, you know, like on last week's show, we talked about pets. You could have something in your power of attorney about if you're disabled, yep. take care of your pets. Yep. Um, in any event, uh, or if you had a trust, whatever. Uh, so we ask people what they want to know. Uh, we have a, Then we have a free vision meeting, if so chosen. You don't have to do it. It's an option. Three free hours of legal education without any cost. To do that, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102-214-720-0102 or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. I would be remiss as we get closer to uh, Valentine's Day. Right around the corner. You get a free KWN coffee mug. Mm. The gift that keeps giving, the gift that people have been clamoring for, Valentine's Day. Are you going to end the program on that topic? Well, you know, <laughs> it's what something some people have candy, some people maybe even have coffee. No. And if they did, the KWM coffee mug. There you go. I'm glad you like them, and there's plenty more for you anytime. Attend Michael's next workshop, dial 214-720-0102, or go to DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that February 24th workshop. Michael, uh, 20 seconds, what's the moral of the story? First of all, don't marry a relative, (laughs) but what's another moral? Well, I think you should do your own planning and make sure what you're doing is right before you do it. So so even if you... Got well. I'm not going to say I've never had anybody that's gotten married in a different state said, "Oh, that's these." But you know, maybe you should look at your the wills of different states. For example, uh, often are different than Texas. But the bottom line is, you should go and make sure everything is taken care of, so things go the way you want under your terms and 
conditions, whether you're whether you die or become disabled, but a lot of times people forget about that, uh, and we're living longer. So make sure that you make it easy for the ones that you care about. And make sure you attend Michael's next workshop. Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen, thank you, sir. Thank you. Leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on 770-KAAM since 2013, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it's done your way and sign up for his next workshop today.